salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commish, and we have just wrapped up Week 11's NFL schedule with the Rams victorious against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in what was, of course, a close game. I predicted a close game, but I did predict the Rams to win in large part because of the defense. I'll give it to uh, Jared Goff. He threw for over 350 yards tonight. Uh, he had three touchdowns, a few picks, but he managed the game the way I want to see Jared Goff manage the game. He got it out to his receivers. He uh, got 22 uh, completions just from his two t- his two top receivers in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. And I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, I predicted the Rams go to the div- to uh, to win a division. And I predict them to go into the playoffs, but I, I, I've got them winning the division. If they do win the division, given what their record is right now, they can easily be a two or three seed going into the playoffs. And let me tell you, this team, I can tell you right now, is probably the most complete team next to the AFC teams, Pittsburgh and Kansas City. But just in the NFC alone, for what the Rams have shown us over the last few weeks, you know, they, they'll probably lose a few games, but the games that they lose are relatively close. But the games that they win, it's usually a substantial win. It's, it's usually a large margin. Tonight was tough because we had two teams that had two great defenses, and I brought that up too. And But from what we get out of the Rams, the Rams have the Seahawks number, and I've got to believe they're going to have the Cardinals number as well. So in that NFC West division, we've got three teams all within a lock of being in the playoffs, which is awesome. And I predicted that sometime early in the year, not to, you know, toot my horn, but it's just the fact that for what we see now in the NFL today, it really does come down to two things. It comes down to how quarterback manages the game, and how defense steps up in tough situations. And I'm not going to go down the list again, but I'm just making something clear regarding what we saw tonight. This is the Rams. I believe this is the Rams' second or third. Maybe this is the second Monday Night Football game in the last four weeks. And they've played outstanding football. And, I mean, for where we are right now with COVID and and with, with, with you know, performance and how we have a limited staff due to COVID, you know, Sean McVay finds a way, manages a way, he finds a way to manage his team to be successful in a time like this. And given what everything else and, and what, what everybody's going through right now, it's, it's no different from anyone else. Everybody's, you know, exposed to the same elements. They're exposed to what is this virus. But for what the Rams do and, and for what they've done over the last few weeks, it's been amazing how they just find a way to win. But it helps to have a solid defense. I've said this before, if the Rams is not the best defense in the league, they're top three behind Indianapolis, and I got to say Pittsburgh. It's got to be Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, then the Rams, then perhaps Kansas City, and Miami. I mean, you you, you can say what you want about these teams. Defenses is going to win the championships. So don't be shocked, ladies and gentlemen, if I'm going to tell you right now that the Los Angeles Rams 
may be the team coming out of the NFC to go into the Super Bowl. Now, I, I, people want to see Tampa Bay go. They want to see Tom Brady give it one more shot before he's done. And believe me, ladies and gentlemen, I understand the gripe. Tom Brady is in a great position with the people he has around him. But Tom Brady, at 43 years old, is not the most mobile person in the NFL right now. And it goes without saying, it's all relative. Look what happened to Drew Brees. Not mobile at all. I mean, he, he had his moments. He had his time where he could be able to scramble if, if necessary. But you, you've gotten to the point now where you have gotten to an age where scrambling becomes the third option. First option is to hand that ball off. Second option is just sitting shotgun and pass that ball as well as you can and manage the game. After that, it really becomes a crapshoot as to how we're going to get this ball down the field because we're in our 40s. Brady's in his 40s. Breeze is in his 40s. And for what we see against these defenses, it's tough. It gets tougher with every game that you play. Look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers could have won that game, but the defense steps up and they shut down, they neutralize that running game. I bet you Dallas Donuts, a lot of these games, the running the, the running backs or just the running game itself is somewhere under 100 yards rushing for the game. And if it tops over 100, it's not by much, maybe 120 yards total. But that's what the defense is supposed to do. Neutralize that running game. Make that quarterback run for his life. Make him feel like his life is on the line. Make him do things that you wouldn't necessarily see, like Tom Brady did tonight. Two interceptions. Who would have thunk it? Considering that Tom Brady is who he is. The best of all time. The greatest of all time, as they say. But it just shows, it's, it's indicative of where we are in the NFL. That the defense has really started to dictate a lot of these games. And regardless of who you have a quarterback, it really doesn't make a difference how many touchdowns or how many times they may run the ball. It's really a question of how you manage the game. And and I'm going to try to make a lot of that tonight. You are listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am the commissioner. I want to thank everybody who's been listening to this podcast at this point. I am trying to cover as much as I can within 30 minutes. And I've exhausted several minutes on the Monday night football game, but it was a good game. I mean, I, hopefully everybody got a chance to see it. It was a great game. And like I said, the Rams won. I want to touch on the NBA free agency market. Why? Because we are so close. We're a few weeks away from the start of the NBA season. The NBA season starts on the 22nd of December, which, of course, is a few days before Christmas. And a lot of these teams are doing their best to load up. They want to load up because they realize who the teams are they got to play against to win a championship. And this is going to be a shortened season. They're not going to play a full 82 games. I believe it's going to be 72 games for this season, which is still a, you know, a great number of games. I mean, that's a lot of games regardless of 72, 82. But it's the fact that when you look at the people that have made moves, oh my goodness, I, I don't have all of the free agents that have been moved around. I don't have everyone. But the ones that stood out in my mind, I just want to go over real quick. Because, you know, I'm a big, I'm a huge Boston Celtics fan. Shout out to all my peoples out there in Boston. Your boy Jason Tatum has signed an extension for the next five years 
up to almost up to almost 200 million dollars whoa whoa that's a lot of that's a lot of money for a young man out there in boston by way of st louis he is going to be the face of the boston celtics moving forward and, and needless to say you you gotta for what jason tatum has done i don't have his stats in front of me but this guy's averaging over 23 points a game averaging somewhere close to eight assists a game you cannot ignore the fact that he is a true talent on that team. They are going to gel around Jason Tatum. Donovan Mitchell, I believe he's from New York City. I got to believe he's from New York City. He also has a five-year extension close to $200 million. He's ball These guys were balling. These brothers were balling in the bubble. For those that watch the NBA, these guys were balling. Jordan Hayward, a little disappointed with Jordan, but I get it. You go where the money is. He signs a contract with the Charlotte Hornets for $120 million for four years. Bogan Bogdanovich signs a four-year deal for $72 million with the Atlanta Hawks. And he just got Rajon Rondo from the world champion LA Lakers. Rondo, what's the deal, bro? Is, is it about just playing a few years and being done? I, I, don't, I don't understand why he don't stick with the, with the Lakers. But it is what it is. Um, some other notes that I want to bring up. Um, Sergi Baca sounds as though Serge is going to be playing with the Clippers now. Sergi Baca, two years, 19 million with the Clippers. Fred Van Fleet. I like that dude. I liked him. I was really feeling him and Pascal Siakam when Toronto was doing their thing out there a few years ago when they won the championship against the, um, the Warriors. Excuse me. He was doing his thing out there. I think he's well worth the four-year extension, $85 million. He deserves that money. He's a great asset to that team. Um, some other notables. Mark Gasol. Excuse me. Mark Gasol. Maybe I should say it a little bit better. Mark Gasol played with the Raptors, played with the Grizzlies. Now he'll be going to the L.A. Lakers. What? Mark Gasol, brother played with Paul Gasol. I'm sorry, his brother Paul Gasol played with Kobe Bryant. The late Kobe Bryant back then got a few championships. Now we got Mark Gasol going to the Lakers. Let me tell you, I, there's other people that have made moves, but I just got to, you know what, let me just run off this list again. Um, Montrez Harrell signs a $19 million deal with the Lakers. We've got, oh man, I mean, we've got people coming back to the Lakers. Wes Matthews is signing with the Lakers. Caldwell Pope signs an extension with the Lakers. Let me just ask the question, ladies and gentlemen, and I don't, I'm not expecting a response, but if you want to get one back, that's fine. What's with the idea that if, if you're not playing with the Lakers, then you really don't have a chance of winning another ring? Is it is the fact that LeBron James has so much of an influence over the NBA that people just feel as though they just have to jump on board and try to get a ring. And it's, it's, I don't like the idea in large part because one man should not determine or persuade anybody into, into signing with a team that may not be the team of choice. But I understand there's so many people that want to get a ring. So they just want to follow along the greatest player in the world and hope and pray they get a shot like that. We didn't see that in the 80s. We didn't see that in the 90s. 
You know, it wasn't until sometime in the mid-2000s when we saw people try to gravitate with other players in, in, a, in an opportunity to try to win rings. And, and we saw how they traded for Shaquille O'Neal in the uh, 1990s into the 2000s. And he won three championships with the Lakers. Then you saw how they traded for Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, when he was in Boston. They had their their um, the, 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 the three to Harway, should I say, with Boston. And, um, you know, it's just a number of teams, I think, are just trying to follow suit of what other teams have done in the past to try to win championships. But you look at what the Golden State Warriors had done, and all these guys were drafted. I mean, they drafted three of the best players of all time, and Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. And they've had a dynasty up to this point. And then the question, of course, was, can they maintain the dynasty? I don't see why they can't. But nonetheless, it's just the fact that with today's NBA, you follow the money. I get all that. But if you want to stick with the team that you've been uh, committed to, if you're a person that you know has committed to this team because the team has treated you right, the organization has treated you right, I don't see how you would jump ship and go to another team that is a complete nemesis of the team he just left. Case in point with Harrell, he this guy won six the sixth man of the year award for the Clippers, has a fairly decent season with the Clippers, and then he decides to sign 19 mil with the Lakers? Huh? It's like, well, what was the whole point of that? I mean, I can understand it's money, but you mean to tell me the Clippers were not gonna give you more money than 19 million? You're the sixth man of the year. Why would you even take that type of offer knowing that you're going to be playing in the backyard of the team that you despise for the last several years? Things, things like that doesn't make any sense to me. There has to be some sense of loyalty behind the team that you play for. And it's indicative of basketball as it is, baseball as it is, football. So it's no different. It's just the fact that even in football, you don't see people jumping ship and, and, and trying to gravitate to Tom Brady because he's Tom Brady. I mean, for what Antonio Brown is going to face probably in the next five or six games, it doesn't mean that this man's going to be an all-star. It doesn't mean he's going to be all pro. It doesn't mean this man's going to catch 100 catches. It doesn't mean he's going to have 1,000 yards. It's just the opportunity of being with somebody that you feel will get you the ball. It's just the opportunity. It's the opportunity of just feeling as though somebody like LeBron James could actually do something for you in a chance to maybe get another ring. But I got to tell you right now, the West is crowded with talent. There is an influx of talent in the Western Conference that it really doesn't make a difference who signs with LeBron James. You still got to worry about the Clippers. You still got to worry about the Nuggets. You, you, you now got to worry about um, uh, the Jazz and who they signed. And then you got to worry about a number of other teams out there that are just, I mean, you got to worry about Phoenix again. You got you to worry about all these teams in the West that are making moves and doing what's right and, and, and fitting where they fit in with a lot of these teams. Oklahoma City is another team you got to worry about. So it's not always going to be about LA. It's not always going to be about LeBron James. But I mean, Hey, I guess if they're throwing you 19 mil, even if it's just for a few years, I guess the idea is you can't pass up the opportunity. And one more point I want to make before I go into the NFL real quick. What's the deal with the Knicks? What is the deal with the New York Knicks? You mean to tell me all this great talent out there, you pass up on Kevin Durant, 
pass up on Kyrie Irving. Now you're passing up on Jordan Hayward. You're passing up on all these talented players that can perhaps put you in a position to even be in the playoffs. And you say, you know what? We don't need guys like that. We need a Nerlens Noel. We need to sign him for a year. We need an Eldred Payton. We need to sign him for a year. And, you know, they signed Austin Rivers for three years, 10 mil, which is probably the best move they've made thus far over the last 48 hours or so. But he comes at a cost because three years, 10 mil, who knows what type of player you're going to have in the next three years with Austin Rivers. He's not necessarily the best guard out there, but you know you needed a guard. So why not go for one of these guards when you had the chance? I mean, for what Rajon Rondo does, he's a decent guard. He has two rings. Why didn't you jump on him? I mean, you try to save money with a purpose. I get it. But in the meantime, you're failing at what you're supposed to be doing, which is, of course, to get to the playoffs, to have a winning season. Was the last time the Knicks have had a winning season, crying out loud. At any rate, it was exciting. But, you know, for where we are right now, you know, I guess time will tell before we see how these players fit in. But they are getting paid. So you can't knock it. You can't knock these brothers for getting paid, right? So says the commission. I am going to scoot. Actually, you know what? Real quick, before I go into the NFL, let me talk a little bit about college football. I started talking on college football before, and I, I guess I need to show more love to college football. It's been exciting. And we're, we're coming down to what is probably the last month for college football, regardless of when they started. And I want to show some acknowledgement to a few teams that I started talking about since I started talking about college football. And I want to start by talking about Indiana University. They had a sensational game, sensational game against Ohio State U. Almost beat them. Almost beat this team. And I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't necessarily root for college teams per se. Kind of root for the underdog. Because it's these teams that even now for Indiana University, who's to say how they're going to be come next season in the, in the Big Ten? And for the season they've had this year, it's been awesome. It's been outstanding. And they deserve some recognition. You know, shout out to that team out there in Indiana. I, for, I forget the coach's name. God forgive me. But I knew the quarterback came from Florida. Penix had a great game. Nearly 500 yards passing for five touchdowns. He orchestrated a great game outside of the fact they didn't have a running game. I think that's what really cost Indiana University that game. They had no running game. They they had a negative one in rushing yards for the entire game. You can't win that way against a team like Ohio State. Now, they almost did. Came very close. And under, under any other circumstances, you know, if that running game was on was up to par on point they probably could have won that game against ohio state so of course they dodged the bullet but Penix, outstanding quarterback this dude fry fogel let me tell you something keep an eye on this man fry fogel is the receiver for indiana of course i'm late to the party i'm sure a lot of people have been talking about him this man is a true nfl talent and I hope that there's a team out there that's in need of a playmaking receiver that will keep an eye on this man. This man has had two games now, back-to-back games of over 200 yards receiving. My gosh, seven catches, 218 yards, three touchdowns for Fry Fogel. 
keep an eye on him come draft time. I don't know if he's a junior, what his case is. I guess I got to do a better job of researching these guys, but these are some outstanding players. And they're playing at a time with COVID and for the length of time that they've been playing. You know, you, you just don't know what kind of season is, is in the future for these guys. I mean, you're playing one week and then you can miss the next two because of COVID. So shout out to Indiana University. Shout out to Northwestern University. They defeated Wisconsin 17-7 to soundly, due in large part to that outstanding defense. Uh, the quarterback, Peyton Ramsey, had uh, 203 yards passing for two touchdowns. Great game for them. BYU still undefeated. Zach Wilson. Remember that name, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to be on a team that is in dire need of a quarterback. He could be big time, people. He could be big time. BYU, keep an eye on them. 66-4 team against Northern Alabama. Nothing to brag about, but the quarterback, 212 yards, four touchdowns, and an outstanding game. Want to show them some recognition, some love. Um, again, tonight was the NFL game between the Rams and Buccaneers. Rams were victorious. I believe it was 27-24. Tonight's game had the first all-black NFL officiating crew, which is amazing. It's outstanding. It's, it's wonderful. Remarkable job by the NFL to have made more history by having an all-black officiating crew out there. I can think of a number of reasons why, but I don't want to digress right now. But it was just good to see so many... Um, people show love to the black officiating crew out there Monday Night Football. Let me go into these games really quick because for those that saw the games, one thing that really comes to my mind and without spending, well, I, I don't have much time left, but just with spending the little time I have regarding these games, this is the end this is the point. This is probably the point of all points, what I'm going to say tonight. And I've probably said it enough. So, you know, I might have said it at nauseum. But you, when you watch these games now and how these teams play and how they they play hard and they, and they play uh, rugged and dirty and, 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 and they're playing, obviously, to win. But if there's one thing that I've noticed, and this is probably going on for years, is that because you have a talented quarterback, it doesn't mean you're going to win a game. And because you have a talented quarterback, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win the season or the, or the, or the division. You may have a great year. For what Cleveland has done this year has been nothing less of outstanding. And now they're 7-3. and three. And they are second in the division behind Pittsburgh. Baltimore had an opportunity to be up there with Cleveland, and they lost to Tennessee. But they lost because it was how they managed the game with Lamar Jackson. I'm not throwing this man under the bus. But if you have a talented quarterback like Lamar Jackson, if you have a fairly talented quarterback in a, in a Baker Mayfield, if you have a talented quarterback in Cam Newton, you you have to find methods. You have to find whatever fundamental tactics that you can to get these teams an opportunity to win with these quarterbacks. There's a reason why they're there. 
And there's a reason why you're paying that much money for them to play. And it's amazing how we saw how Cam Newton played. Cam Newton had a fairly decent game, but he didn't have anything outstanding after the third or fourth quarter. And one of the stats that came up that blew my mind is that for Cam Newton, over his career, three wins, 14 losses, and a tie when he's passing the ball more than 40 times. So now you got to wonder if there's some type of method going on with these quarterbacks. If you throw too many passes, there's a chance that you may not win the game. Now, for what New England did, they were very close to winning against Houston. But I think we try to give these quarterbacks passes because of where they've been before to where they are now, where they cannot win a game. They cannot solidify a game. They cannot solidify a win with these teams. And you see it with Lamar Jackson. This man was running for his life. He probably had a great game running, but he couldn't throw the ball for more than 200 yards. And then you look at the the, 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 the completion percentage for uh, Lamar Jackson, and we're talking 58.6% against Tennessee. And Tennessee has a great defense, but you mean to tell me you couldn't pass against these guys? It was that hard for you to do? And then you look at a team like, uh, you see how Alex Smith, God bless him. This man deserves every game ball in the world. This man goes out there and throws for 166 yards and a touchdown. Manages the game but wins. Now, of course, they're playing Cincinnati, but that defense is decent. That's a good defense there. You mean to tell me that, you know, with, with everything else that's going on in the league, we can't find a better way for these quarterbacks to help win these games. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill might have been a quarterback in college, but you saw how he managed that game against Atlanta. Now, yeah, Atlanta's not the best team in the league, but Atlanta probably could have won that game as well. It's just a fact that for what the Saints bring to the table with that defense, you would have thought that Atlanta would have had a better chance to at least find a way to defeat the Saints. But Taysom Hill, who normally plays a number of positions, plays quarterback. And this man, who, of course, is getting the game ball this evening, threw the ball 233 yards, 23 passes, and he ran 51 yards for two touchdowns. So the point I'm making tonight is this. In lieu of what defenses can do, we still have to think of what quarterbacks can do for these teams. And these quarterbacks that we try to put so much emphasis in because of the fact they get paid so much money. Stand up, Carson Wentz. It's the fact that sometimes these talented quarterbacks is not the answer. Sometimes it's not about the most talented quarterback. It's not about the most flamboyant quarterback. Sometimes it's about a quarterback that you know can manage a game. Tua Tungavailoa probably should have won that game against Denver, but didn't, in large part because of the fact he got hurt. But the point I'm making here tonight is what's going to win for the next five or six weeks may be more about the defense than the offense, and definitely more so than just the quarterback. So says the commission. Don't have a lot of time left, but I'm going to give you game balls for week 11 in the NFL. And these people are... Quarterbacks. Now, mind you, a number of quarterbacks should have won game balls. Alex Smith should have won a game ball. Uh, Justin Herbert should have won himself a game ball. And, and, you know, these quarterbacks finally got off the snide and won their first game for the season. 
But you know who else won their first games for the season? Taysom Hill. I just named him for the Saints. He threw the ball 23 times, completed 18 of those passes for 233 yards, ran the ball 10 times, 51 yards, two touchdowns. And P.J. Walker, who knew who he was? Remember the XFL? Wasn't too long ago. He threw the ball 34 times for 258 yards, one touchdown, and blew out Detroit. And I picked Detroit to win. Go figure. For the running backs, goes without saying, Derrick Henry gets a game ball. King Henry ran the ball almost 30 times for 133 yards and the winning touchdown against Baltimore. Melvin Gordon gets a game ball. He won against a Miami defense that I think is probably top five of overall defenses this year. 15 carries, 84 yards, two touchdowns for Melvin Gordon. Keenan Allen, receiver for the Los Angeles Chargers, go Chargers, go, had 16 catches, 145 yards, and one touchdown. Travis Kelsey gets the last game ball for tonight. Outside of what Cooper Cup and Robert Woods did tonight, don't get me wrong, they deserve them too. But Travis Kelsey, tight end, won the game against Las Vegas with eight receptions, 127 yards, and a winning touchdown. Those are the game ball recipients for week 11 of the NFL. I will go more into the NFL along with some other sports and perhaps the NBA. I'm out of time, but I appreciate you listening again tonight. This is the commission, and you've been listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. Peace and love to all those out there. I'll speak to you on Thanksgiving evening. I'm out. Oh, thank you.